0: Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. Father, we love you, and God, we are so grateful to be disciples of Jesus, God, in 2017, and we ask that you would help us to not ceremonially gather, not just as a subculture, talk a little Jesus talk. God, we want to really know Jesus. We want to really be changed into his image and become like Jesus. And, and we want, Lord God, to really make a difference. We want to really help the good news of the gospel be taken to our world and to the globe. And we ask that you would help us, God. Help us in the midst of our busyness, all the things that we have to do where it seems like these are nice ideas, but it doesn't fit my real life because I'm too busy. God, we ask that you would help us, Lord God, to slow down. And in the midst of the bills, and in the midst of the job, in the midst of the laundry, in the midst of all the things, help us to become like Jesus. Help us to form, Lord God, the relationships that will help us. We love you. We honor you. And everyone said, amen. Amen. C.S. Lewis wrote when he was an older man. I love this because he was older, and he, he, he says this phrase. He says, is any pleasure on earth as great as a circle of Christian friends by a fire? So here he is, and you can imagine, you know, if you have a Paul who says that he's finished the race, he comes to the end, and he's fought the good fight. You can imagine a C.S. Lewis who is, is this theologian, thinker, author, writer, and he's saying, is there anything better than sit around a circle with people who have committed to the same thing? I mean, men and women who have said, I'm not gonna go the way of the culture. I'm not gonna go the way of the world. I gave my life to Jesus and I surrendered all and I've been walking with him and I've been trying to transform my life to look like him and that's been the narrow road. That's not been the easy road. But when I sit with other Christ followers, when I sit around a circle and in a circle around a fire and see other Christians that have committed to that same thing, my heart comes alive. Is there, is there anything better? And he's saying our our lives are so ignited by Jesus and he is so much our supreme passion and we have so lost the things of earth in order to gain the things of heaven that there is camaraderie when you sit around the fire with people who have lived that way. And I look at you and I and I want us as a church to have relationships where we would say, man, is there anything better than sitting around the fire or sitting in the living room, or having a conversation? I absolutely look forward to having those conversations and that that would be inside of you. And of course, we all know that we live in a culture that's extremely busy and you've got a lot on your plate. And I just believe though, that transformation in your own life will take place in the context of conversation and relationships, not just just hearing the message and just singing. I love singing. I love the message. I love responding. But in the, in the context of relationships, there is something powerful that God does when we actually talk and have conversation and spur each other on. C.S. Lewis goes on to say friendship is born at that moment when one person says to another, What? You too? I thought I was the only one. So here's the idea wait a minute. You you care about that too, right? So a friendship. Let's say a friendship is built around basketball. Then it's that moment where you go, "Oh, you well, you like basketball." And, and there can be a friendship. The Christian friendship is the one that looks at another person, no matter the context that they're living in, no matter what area in the marketplace or no matter what, and goes, "You too, like like Jesus is supreme. To, like you've surrendered. Like you love it. Like you like you want to know him. Like." Like, like, like really? And then in the beauty of even taking another step where in a church like this, where you could meet someone that let's say you're, you're working in the marketplace and you're a, you're a dude that's out there working and, and you connect with another guy that he's going, man, I'm trying to walk with integrity in an industry where there is no integrity. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to represent Jesus. Well, and you're thinking about your industry and you go, you too? Like you, and there's that camaraderie. There's that connection. Or, or you're the stay-at-home mom and your commitment is to disciple your kids and for your kids to know God and for your kids to not be polluted by the ways of the world, but for your kids to love God even when they're seven years old. And, and you connect with this other mom and she starts talking about that's her passion and it's your passion. And there's this C.S. Lewis moment where you look at her and you go, you too? And the very nature of the friendship helps both. And so here at Radiant, we want to be radically committed to helping you find other people where you have that you two moment. Like, like, man, and you've got that desire in you. You've got a desire in you to have great friendships and it's a beautiful thing. Jesus lays down his life. Jesus is the exact example of what a true friendship is. Jesus goes to the cross and he says, greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You want to know who the ultimate friend is? It's Jesus. And so you've got this desire in you to have great friends. And here's what we say. We go, well, I'm too busy. Hey, it's 2017 and I've got, man, I've got to study people on Facebook and I got bills to pay and I got lots of laundry to do. And man, I got to mow the lump big yards here in Kansas. And I mean, I got, I got a lot to do. There's a lot of reasons why I can't do friendships well. But the truth is, the truth is, is that if you'll step out and be a friend, If you'll step out of your comfort zone and be a friend, the fruit that you will receive by sacrificially giving yourself to be a friend will far outweigh the benefits of staying reserved and not getting out of your comfort zone. And so my prayer for us is that we would connect with that passion, that we would connect with that, When I was 23, I uh, joined the staff of a new church in Colorado, and they had about 25 pastors. And one of the first things that happened in the first couple months that I was there is they had a pastoral retreat, a one-day, all-day hangout together, and we were all sitting around a circle. And the senior pastor said, I was 23 years old, the youngest pastor on staff by far. And he asked this question. He says, what do you need? We'll start with you, David. And I'm like, what do I need and it was just a blanket. I didn't, I didn't even know. I mean, I didn't know the content. He just, what do you need? And so I'm 23. I, got, I mean, there's pastors ranging all the way up to like guys in their 70s sitting there. And I just thought, what do I need? And so I just blurted out. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm about four months out of college and just coming on staff. And I said, man, I need like, man, I need like some comrades where we're going to battle together. And when you cut us open, we bleed the same color. That's what I said, and there was just this silence, like boo. And he kind of wrinkled his nose and he goes, "No, I mean, like, do you need a computer, a staff member? He was kind of, what are you talking about?" But I tell you that because I think that I was—I mean, in that moment, I was communicating. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm new around here. Like, I don't know anybody yet. But I'll tell you what I need. I I need some friends. <laughs> Like I need some people that are like committed to the same things I'm committed to, and and I I I'm looking, I'm needing, and I think it's true for all of us. I think every single one of us are saying, "Man, I would love to have people around me that." that are committed to Jesus. And there's this passion that I have. Man, I have this I have this passion to raise my kids and to know God. Or man, I've got this passion for my grandkids to come to know God. Or I've got this passion to take Jesus to the marketplace. Or I've got this passion to sacrifice much so that every tongue, tribe, and nation can know him. So I wanna live on little. I'm gonna try to give, or whatever it is. Or I wanna be a man of prayer. And I, I need another guy who's who's committed to that kind of prayer life. And I want someone to come around me. I wanna sit around the fire and have the conversation. To have the conversation and the friendships necessary that pull me forward in the things that God's called me to. When Renata and I moved here, I've told you this before, but I just want to highlight it again. We, we spent the summer just, just getting to know people, just like, you know, you move to a new city and just trying to just get to know people and just hear their heart. And as we sat at tables at Starbucks or tables around town, like nobody was... Smiling at us and saying, oh yeah, a new church. Man, I'm so excited. We need another preacher in this town. Like not one, like nobody, like zero. Like not one said, hey, a worship band is coming. To ta- we don't have any musicians in this city. Praise God, wow. But here's what we did have oh man, I'm looking for a people. I'm looking for a tribe. I'm looking for some relationships. That's so exciting. And the enthusiasm was built around, hey, I I wanna connect. I want friendships. I want relationships that help me move forward in the call of God on my life, the things that God's called me to. And I just believe that for each one of us, you will not accomplish the fullness of your destiny in isolation. But if you will step forward into the friendships and serve people, and get out of your comfort zone, and risk, and choose the right friends, those friendships will help you accomplish the fullness of what God's called you to. When I was in seventh grade, my family moved from um, Moscow, Idaho, to Oklahoma City, and uh, I was uh, desperate for friends <laughs> at that point in my life, and, um, and I'll never forget, there was this guy named John, and uh, it was the, the, we were in, I was in seventh grade, he was in eighth grade, and and he invited me to come spend the night at his house. And when you were at that phase of life that I was, where you didn't have any friends, it didn't matter who invited you to come spend the night. You're like, hey, I'm coming. So I went to go spend the night at his house. And it was about eleven o'clock at night on a Friday night. And he said to me, he goes, "I have a great idea. Let's go teepeeing." I said, "What's teepeeing?" I'm like, you know, little Christian kid from Idaho. I don't even know what he's talking about. And he's like, "Oh, he's like, it's awesome." We will go to somebody's house and just cover it with tea, toilet paper and shaving cream. It's going to be great. And I was like, okay, sweet. So we got in his car. His mother drove us to Walmart, and she dropped $35 to buy stuff. And I was like, wow. And then we get in the car, and he says, I have a great idea. Let's teepee your house. And I said, yeah, okay, great, yeah, sounds good, Okay. Yeah. So you can imagine, there's this moment. We have just moved to town, and I am dumping out boxes of Cheerios on my yard and putting like shaving cream and whipped cream and toilet paper all over the cars and all over the house You got to understand, I've got, I mean, a a dad who like loves me, wants to help me pray for my enemies, wants to help me love people, is ready for me to memorize scripture, ready for me to start saving for college when you're 12. I mean, like good influence, dad. And I have this moment where I'm dumping out Cheerios on my yard and I thought to myself, I'm a moron, like I'm an idiot. Like, all that's really happening is that this 13-year-old has a crush on my two 12-year-old sisters, and the reason why we're here is because he's actually inflicting pain on my life, and I've let him boomerang me into messing up my What kind of idiot am I, right? Here's why I tell you that story. It's real simple. Your friendships influence who you become. Proverbs says it really clear. Solomon says it. Walk with the wise and become wise, a companion of fools suffers harm, and I suffered harm that day when I got home and I had to clean it all up, right? Here's the deal. You and I are making choices all the time about friendships, and there just are people that are going to help you accomplish your destiny, accomplish the purpose that God has on your life, and the scripture is pretty clear that if you hang out with the foolish, it'll tear you down. And you constantly have a choice. Who am I going to hang with? Who am I going to allow to influence me? When I was 20 years old, I remember being at University of Oklahoma, and there was a guy named Brock, and Brock had a small group, and Brock wanted to help me love the early church fathers, and Brock wanted to help me be godly in the way that I was pursuing friendships and relationships, and Brock wanted me to help uh, teach in his small group. And then I had these other roommates at the University of Oklahoma that were just random in the dorm, and they had another vision for my life very different. And it was a choice, seventh grade, 20, or this week. This week, I've got a friend I know well, and I know if I want to just gossip and be frustrated about ministry, that's the guy to call. But I've got another friend that called me on Friday. His name's Aaron, and I know when he calls, man, he's there, and he's committed to, let's know God. Let's really, let's really love Uh, our families, and disciple our kids, and let's do church well, and let's sacrifice, and let's be men that pray and fast, and let's study the scriptures. And and, and I know, depending on with the iPhone, which friend I call, which direction I'll go. Here's the reality. Walk with the wise. Become wise. And I want to invite you to just start to take inventory and think, what are the influences? Who are the ones? What's the direction that I want to go? Who do I want to allow to influence my life? We've all heard it said a thousand times, show me your friends and I'll show you your future because every friendship is like an elevator. It's either taking you up or it's taking you down, right? And so even if even if you have, um, even if you have people around you that you think, well, I've known them for a long time, I wanna encourage you today to just take inventory. Just think about people that are hanging around that in the present tense, like right now, they don't fit one of two categories. I see two categories with, with the way that when I read the scriptures and when I see Jesus, I see Jesus very intentional about relationships with the disciples, his comrades, who he spends time with. He's got the three and he's got the 12 and then he's got a clear mission where he is going to be a friend of sinners and tax collectors. And there's two categories, all right? And Jesus loved everybody, but Jesus didn't treat everybody the same. Sinners and the tax collectors didn't have the amount of time that Jesus had with the 12 and even with the three. And you work well when you're around comrades that are encouraging you and pushing you forward. And then you have clearly, undoubtedly, we've talked about this a lot, a mission and a purpose on people that you're trying to pull up that might not be a good influence on you, but you're influencing them. What I'm talking about is this middle category where you're not pulling them forward, but they're pulling you downward, Where they're they're pulling you in the wrong direction. And there are moments that we find in the scripture where it's very clear that you, you cut those relationships so that, you can be the fullness of what God's called you to be, and that's hard um, because you think, well, you know, I mean, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but in reality, look at this. Just look at the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15, Do not be misled, Paul says. Bad company corrupts good character. So stay away from, look at this. Look at these, this list. Stay away from the lazy. There's a couple verses. Stay away from, we could read those, the angry. Boom, the immoral. Boom, the greedy. The unbelieving, Proverbs 12, 26 says, the righteous choose their friends carefully. Here's what I'm saying, be wise, be strategic. Don't let it just be kind of a blob of randomness. But in your friendships, be intentional, think through, all right? When I'm with these this person, when I'm talking to so-and-so, man, that is, hey, that's an elevator. They, they're lifting me. They're, they're helping me and then do everything that you can to be around that group of people. That's the circle around the fire. I mean, I, I'm just, I think, of, I think of even, like I know friends of my dad that they're, they're in their 70s and they went to seminary together and you hear them talk on the phone and it's just like, whoo, they're calling each other towards following Jesus and it's, it's like a flame. It's just, it's, they've, been, they've been doing the same thing for 50 years. And I think those kinds of friendships will help us so significantly to then go into the friendships where we intentionally go and we're friends with the sinners and the tax collectors, or in our case, it's different, the people who are far from God, but you know they're your mission field, and you're not just kind of hanging out with whatever random friends at work or whatever friend, random friends at the university, just whoever happens to be in my dorm, just, and I'm just kind of marinating, just kind of existing. Man, have it, no, Just define it, pray through it. Think about the people that are influencing you, the people that you're influencing so that you can be intentional and that you can do friendships really well. And that's why we're so committed to this new, to, to small groups. We're committed to trying to help you do those two things. We're committed to you having this group, this sit around the fire. A.W. Tozer says it's the fellowship of the burning heart. I mean, here he is in his older years, and he writes, same way C.S. Lewis does, about sitting around the fire. Tozer says the fellowship of the burning heart, referring to Luke 22 and the idea of, man, when we been with Jesus and we talk about him. Did we not walk on the road with him? Did he not open the scriptures to us? And there's conversation around Jesus. And so Tozer calls it the fellowship of the burning heart. C.S. Lewis says, it's like, is there anything better than Christians sitting around the fire? The idea is those believers, those people that, that man, they just, they stoke that flame. They cause you to want to run after God. They, want to, they, they encourage you to, to fulfill the mandate that God has on your life. And we would encourage you to have those kinds of groups, and then we would encourage you to have these groups where you're like, man, these guys are far from God, and they're broken. I'm going to play basketball with them just to enter into their world. Or, man, I'm going to sit around and, I don't know, play fantasy football and bingo with these guys. I mean, whatever it is, I don't know. But you're, you're intentional with both groups, and, and so we can do as much as we can to be intentional with relationships. And that you've got that. You've got a category, like, you know what God's called you to do. Friendships require sacrifice. And I know it's easy to think, okay, it's nice, but I got way too much to do. I mean, I have so much on my plate. Friendship would be nice if I had time for it, but I wanna invite you to consider, consider making friendships a high priority. In a culture where it seems like we have so much to do, and often the response is I'm too busy for friendships, I wanna invite you to think through the benefit, the blessing, and even when we look at Jesus, who he would say that he would lay down his life for his friends. Man, imagine if you have some people that you're laying your life down for. That you're like, come good days or bad days, I'm with you. Come good days or bad days, man, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm going to love you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going I'm to be your friend. A few years ago, I was with my friend John and Egan, and we were in Michigan and we had just finished a youth conference together and it was just we we're on our way flying back to Colorado and kinda just I, I didn't even think much of it at the moment. But there was this our flight got canceled and so they said, Well, John, you've got high status. You can jump on this flight. You can be home back to Colorado tonight and then they looked at me and they said, Mr No status, just go find your seat, you know, like you blah 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 blah, you know. And John looked at him, he said, no, he's with me. And they said, no, he's not. We only got one seat, and you are premier, and he's nothing, and so you can go. And he said, I just loved it. it just, he, just, he just said, he goes, man, uh, we're together. If he doesn't go, I don't go. And I said, John, just go, man. Man, you can be with your family tonight, and I'll, I'll figure it out. And he was like, nope. He's like, I'm staying. He's like, if, 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 if he doesn't go, he just to, to the gate agent, then I don't go. And there's just, you know, this little tiny thing, but you know what it did? It just was just like, it was like this statement to me, like, hey, we're in this. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And things like that over the course of 10, 15 years, over and over and over again, man, they start to impact you. And, those, and we kind of hear Jesus say, you know, lay down your life, and we don't know exactly how to interpret that except I would, inter- I would call, call you not to have a romantic kind of first century, I gotta like die for someone, to, but to think about this, what are the little things that I can do over and over again in 21st century life to lay my life down for a friend? What, what, what are the ways? And, and you've got your people, your people that, you, I, I, I'm really committed to that friendship and I wanna I wanna help them. I'll never forget uh, about, it was like 2003 or so and I was pastoring this guy who was, he was like, he was in college, and he was dating this girl, and I just, man, I was just, pastoral moment, I just looked at him and said, dude, don't don't do this, this is, this, I'd encourage you, this relationship doesn't look right to me, this, this, this is not, you're not the best version of you dating this girl, I mean, I'm telling you, this is not going well for you, and I, and I just laid it on there, I gave him a bunch of Bible verses, and told him, I think it, you know, you gotta, you gotta be smart, and I don't like where this is going, and and I thought I thought it was wisdom. I thought it was right. I thought it was great. I had a relationship with this kid. And and so his dad calls me and his dad says we want to have a meeting. And so I said, Awesome. Dad wants to tell me how great I am and thank me. All right, I'll probably get a gift card. I mean, sweet. <laughs> and 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 we sit there at this Starbucks and this, this guy just just I mean, just angry as can be. And how dare you pick who dates who? And da-da-da-da. And I was like, oh my like it was it was a few hours like it was long i just you know sat there smiled sorry sorry so, yep sorry okay sorry 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 and by the time it was over i was depressed and so i just texted my brother dan and i was like man here's what happened so dan leaves his house and so we're like I, and and here's the moment that, I, that i'll just never forget he came and he hung out with me in in this dark moment and we decided what what should we do well we're pastors so we went and we we drank some Sobeys together and we went to the grocery store and we bought just a bunch of Sobeys. We just said, this is what we do. A bunch of our friends go get drunk. We're gonna go drink some Sobeys. And, and that's just what we did. But it was this great moment where, Romans, where it says, mourn with those who mourn. Rejoice with those. If you will be a friend to someone in their darkest moment, that's a way that you can be a true friend. Help them out. Love them. Just sit with them. Just be with them. A couple years ago, Dan went through a pretty challenging moment, and I just showed up, box of Sobies. <laughs> let's just go hang. Let's just go, let's just go be together. And, and if you'll do that, if you'll look for moments, go be with people. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Be with them. Love them. Committed to them. Man, for me, 2006, probably at our church, we had the darkest moment we, we'd ever had. And it was a challenging, challenging weekend. And I'll never forget a friend of mine. He calls me and he says, I'm flying in. I'll be there. Flying in Saturday night. I want to sit with you at church on Sunday. I'm going to take you and Renata and your family out to lunch. And I said, you've got to be kidding me, man. Like, and he goes, no, I'll be there. And he flew in. And I said, what are you, what are you doing? He said, I just want to be with you. i got no agenda. I just wanna, I'm just going to be with you on, on your dark day. On this hard hard day, I'm going to sit here with you. I'm going to be with you. And then he took us out to Biagi's afterwards, and we had Italian food, and he just loved us. And I remember in my heart just feeling like, man, it's good to have a friend. Like, thank you. And a few years later, his daughter in her early 20s got in a plane accident, plane crash. She survived the crash, but it was very, 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 very hard, and I remember where I was. I was at DIA at the airport when I got the call, found out, and I just, man, I just, I just literally, like, right there, just bought the plane ticket for the next morning and just told them, I'll be at the hospital. Where are you at? Where, 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 where's the hospital? I flew to that city, and it was just, I just want to be with you. Like, man, this is your darkest day. I just I got no I got no agenda other than you're mourning, I'm mourning. I'm with you. And I just want to encourage you guys, like, if we can look for people and love them when they're going through, I mean, whatever it is. It's just, it's just someone just, they're just, they're discouraged, and you just throw a picture of them up on Instagram saying, This, man, I love this person. They're awesome. Anything, you know, what can you do but looking for that moment those moments where you mourn with those who mourn or you rejoice with those who rejoice, you get intentional about how can, I, how can I love you? How can I be with you? How can I help you? Your friendships will get stronger because if you want great friends, be the friend you wanna have. Just be the friend. It's this simple thing that Jesus says and we hear it, easy to know it, hard to live it, but love one another as I have loved you love each other, if you'll be intentional and love people that way, be that kind of friend. Jesus says this, so in everything, do to others as you would have them do for you. If you'll do that, you will start to attract friendships and you'll start to lay down your life, love people, and you'll start to realize, you know what? I, if, if you'll give much and love much, you'll start to have You'll start to attract what you are. And you'll start to have friendships that just start to build. When I look at Jesus, Jesus is the ultimate friend. Jesus says that. He goes, greater love is no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. As he looks at his friends, as he looks around the table, Passover meal, at his boys, at his friends, and he's telling them what he's going to do. And he is the ultimate friend. And what's he doing? He's laying his life down. If you will even pray through it intentionally, God, what are the friendships that I really are my comrades? What are the friendships that I really, I really are, they're elevators, they're bringing me up, they're, they're, they're helping me, and, and then you start to lay down your life for those people, and you just look for the ways, look for the opportunities to just love them, and it might be, and I'm not saying, I know I gave a big extravagant one with the, with the airplane talk, but it's, this is like How can I pray for you? This is sometimes just like, hey, you're moving. Hey, I'll help you move. Anybody that helps you move is a real friend because nobody likes it. No matter how much free pizza you offer, nobody cares about the pizza. It's a labor of love because everybody hates moving, right? And so when you do that, it's just a way of just saying, hey, I'm, and and just look for those intentional ways where you can just say, "I'm, I'm gonna lay my life down for you. And I believe if we'll do that, we'll start to look just a little bit like a body of people that has great friendships, like a body of people that is real community, like people that really get out of their comfort zone. The God of our culture is comfort. And every time that you step out of comfort to lay your life down for somebody else is a Christ-like moment, period. I know it's not a big healing moment. I know it's not a big miracle moment, but it is the idol in our culture and when you just do something love in action when you just do that it is a statement of jesus means all comfort means less i'm going to serve you and jesus says when you've done it for the least of these when you do this for other people you love me It's like every parent that sees one of your children loving, going out of their way to love another one of your kids. You're like, you're in love with that child. Like, I'm like, when I see one of my kids, my kids are six, nine, 10, and 12. When I see one of my kids going out of their way to love another one of my kids, I'm like, oh, you're my favorite. And I think God's like that. I think when he sees you, you could fight for all your comforts, He sees you just going out of your way to love one of his kids. He's like, thank you, you're my favorite. I mean, I love you. And I believe that when we demonstrate that kind of love, love in action, love personified, love for the world to see. And we know, they'll know we're Christians by the way we love each other. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. And Jesus as a church, we are so committed so radically committed to bending our lives to look like Jesus. And our, our, our commitment is to, to, to do everything we can, even at the cost of our own comfort, God, to, to be like Jesus. And so we ask for your divine help and divine strength because God, we just don't have the sheer raw determination and commitment to do it on our own. Holy Spirit, we need the helper to help us. Come and help us. We need you. Help us to peer around people that help us fulfill our destiny. Help us to step out and love people so that we can show the world who Jesus is. And we can demonstrate to friends who Jesus is. We just pray that real friendships would form. God, even as we launch into these small groups, we ask God, let, let, let this be the beginning of great camaraderie and friendships that look like jesus god we love you we honor you in jesus name if you just keep your head bowed and your eyes closed today if you've not been following jesus and man you know that he is the greatest friend he jesus is the one who died for you he demonstrates what ultimate friendship really is today you want to say i don't want to live for me i want to I want that I I, want to give my life to the one who gave his life for me I just want you to pray this prayer just repeat after me wherever you're at Father I come to you in the name of Jesus and I thank you for sending your son to die for me thank you for the love that you have for me I give you my life I wanna follow you, not my way, I want your way. I choose you, I wanna live with you forever. I give you my life, in Jesus name, amen. Can we just give a hand to those people who just prayed that prayer, can we do that guys? Yeah, amen. And if you did that, I wanna invite you just, just on that card that's on your seat, just a moment we're gonna have the ushers come forward we just we just write your name and just check that on there on that box it says that you gave your life to jesus i want to connect with you and help you be resourced so that you can take your next steps as a disciple of jesus and i love that we're excited about that let's all stand together one thing that i want to just encourage you with is on that card um, we had more of you than ever before fill out prayer requests last week and uh for me, one of the new habits that I'm forming in 2017 during our habits series, is I'm just taking Monday mornings and just, I'm just filing through those and, and praying for you. And what I have found is it enables me to connect with you and lets me know what's going on in your life. And so in addition to our prayer meeting on Wednesday night where we pray over all of those prayer requests, uh, know that I'm praying for you on, on Monday mornings. And so those are always just available for you and in your seat. And you can just drop those off uh, in the bucket. Um, and I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful we, for all of you that filled those out this week. As we, as we go and sing this last song, we're, going to, um, we're gonna give and we're gonna sing both as forms of worship. Will you just focus in, just try for just a moment. I know it's a big day. I know you're thinking about lunch. I know it's the day of the Super Bowl. I know that you got friends here, but let's just for one last song, Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's give him everything that we got. Let's worship. And as we sing these words, I want you to imagine who he is. All right? And let's worship one more time before we dismiss. All right? Let's worship the Lord together. Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at RadiantChurchKC.com.